you can get so caught up in the numbers game on your NICU journey that it can start to take over your focus and impact the way that you relate to and connect with your baby. The doctors and nurses are always monitoring the numbers for signs of progression or plateau, but should you focus on them as much as the professionals do? G'day and welcome to the Dads of the NICU podcast. My name is Matt Bilkowski and I'm a proud father of a premature baby born at 25 weeks at the Royal Brisbane and Women's Hospital. Our daughter was 766 grams or 1 pound 11 ounces at birth. Our superstar girl spent 84 days in the NICU and 14 days in special care before being discharged home on oxygen. I started this podcast as I wanted to share my experiences with other dads, the aim of which is to allow them to hear what other dads went through and to find a connection to our stories so that they know that they are not alone and what they're feeling and going through is normal. I hope it helps you on your journey. G'day dads, welcome to the podcast. Today I wanted to discuss the feeling of becoming a data analyst. It's something that captured my attention during my NICU journey. I just became fascinated by all the numbers on the chart sheets and the monitors every day I was in there. At a certain point along my journey, it became so overwhelming that I just needed to walk away from the numbers and turn my full attention to my daughter's physical progress and not just get caught up with the data. Today I'm joined by Scott Merrick. Scott and I met while our wives were admitted to the maternity ward at the same hospital at the beginning of our journeys. Our daughters were born actually a couple of days apart, leading to us both being in the NICU at the same time. So Scott and I were able to bond quite a fair bit throughout our NICU journeys. All right, well, Scott, welcome. It's so great to be able to chat to you today. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Mate, first and foremost, how are you? How's, how's everything going? How are you coping with your NICU journey thus far? I'm going okay. It's uh, it's been a long time my journey, um, but uh, I am literally on the home front. We have about another, hopefully only another week um, before it's all over. So I'm I'm excited. And we're doing this via Zoom at the moment because you're back up at home in Bundaberg, and your uh, wife and daughter are still down in Brisbane. So how's that first week been for you going home and setting up? You know, it's really exciting. Um, the fact that. Uh, we are now in the position to be able to bring our daughter home. Um, it's it's really exciting, and I'm setting up all the nursery equipment and uh, getting everything prepped for her arrival. So it's um it's really good. Now, mate, we wanted to talk today about all of the data and all the information you get while you're in the NICU and becoming a data analyst. We've personally spoken about this a few times along the way. Um, it was something that I did to a certain degree on my journey, but I know this was a massive part of your NICU journey. How important was the data for you along the way? Yeah, I think uh, I think the data for me was how I bonded to some degree, how I got involved, how I could be a part of the situation that was happening and unfolding. Uh, I think it all started from when my wife was in hospital and, again, you can't do anything. You have to listen to the doctors, you have to take what they're saying, take what the nurses are saying and roll on from there. Um, data, information and facts have always been really, really close and pivotal for me so it was yeah it was uh pretty much yeah the way i coped and what did you do every time you went in there to see your daughter what was the first thing that you did when you walked inside the NICU to get into her room uh as i'm walking to the sink obviously which is the first place you always go um it was looking at the screen straight away um 
looking at the last, I mean, most of the time she had a 12-hour um, trace that I could look back on. Um, only recently she's gone back to a three-hour trace, but sort of sort of seeing if I could see any patterns, any any ups and downs, changes, um, things that weren't normal. That was pretty much the first thing I'd always do. And you say not normal. How how would you know if it wasn't normal? Were you doing research once you were out of the NICU and just trying to understand it a little bit more to give yourself more comfort or was it just more of trying to gauge an understanding of what was going on for your daughter? I think initially it was trying to gauge trying to make sense of this whole crazy world that you never expected, never knew, and, uh, yeah, to be honest, never want to be in again, I think. But um, it it then got to what her normal was. If I looked at, I, I looked at her number-wise, which probably wasn't a great thing from a bonding point of view, but it was more how I could cope and go, right, so she's done X, 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 and Y, and the next day she'd be doing different, different, you know, so that that's kind of how... I differentiated every every different day. And did looking at the data every day or a couple of times a day change how you spoke to the nurses? Did you ask them different things? Did you get their perspective? Did you have different relationships with your consultants along the way based on what you thought the data meant as opposed to what they thought the data meant? 100%. And I think um, it, only, it only got... Uh, uh, the, the questions only got more concise and more uh, detailed as the journey went on. Um, at the start, it was more understanding what exactly the numbers were, what what that machine was, what this machine was, and it, obviously as everyone does um, during these experiences. But um, you know, as as it went on, I knew what they all meant and and what the numbers correlated to, and it was more like right. So, what is the next step in this process? If she gets to here, then we go to where, and when is she going to be? extubated and when she going to be on, you know, when she off CPAP. So what are the numbers we have to hit to do that and how long has she got to do it before we get there? Um, it's more sort of almost like, like a work situation. Um, as part of a project, you've got to get to here, 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 here. It's all milestones. And I was using numbers and data to get me through that. When the numbers were lower or they were down from the day before, how did that make you feel about the situation unfolding? Which they did quite a few different times um, for different numbers and different things. I think um, it's just a like a recess, like, okay, let's stop, let's reset, where do we go now? Uh, there was one point um, we came back, so as, as I've mentioned before, my daughter had surgery and um, a week after the surgery, she basically got up to oxygen where you could not go any higher. There was nothing else you could do from a ventilation point of view. Um, so I said to the nurses, okay, cool. So what do we do next? If she gets to the point where we need to do something else because she's destating too much, what is next? What is the next level? Um, so it was more... I mean, I was still obviously emotionally upset, but at the same time, I used the numbers and what's the next bit to come as a way to get through it. Was there one specific element of the data that you focused on more than the others? So most of the data that I encountered was heart rate, respiratory rate, uh, oxygen saturation levels. Was there one of those that really resonated with you the most and you focused on a lot more of your attention? Yeah, I think it's always the SPO2. Um, the, the oxygen was, for my daughter anyway, such a pivotal part. She never had, because she was so sedated and whatever else for much of an early period, she never had a bratty um, until she came off. Uh, I think she may even have been on CPAP at that stage. Um, respiratory rate didn't really bother me uh, because she was on um, high-frequency uh, intubation. It was always going to be 
what's her oxygen requirement, where is her, what are they giving her and what is she doing as a result of that? That was always what we were looking at. Um, and if it was a bad day, I could not leave. My wife would leave. Um, I couldn't leave until things were normalised or good and I could leave being happy. And does that come back to your uh, your personal nature of uh, an information seeker, thriving on information and just wanting to know everything that's happening? Yeah, pretty much. Um, because if I wasn't there and she was doing bad when I left, then in my mind she's gotten worse, she's gotten worse. I can't see the numbers to tell me that she's not getting worse or getting better. Um, so I'd be like, you know, poking my wife, going, hey, call the, call the hospital, see how she's doing, call the hospital, um, because I needed to know what those numbers were. So did you ever feel like the numbers took over? And it was all about the numbers. How did that affect your connection with your daughter? Yeah, I don't know about completely taking over, but I, I don't think I ever really had a proper connection with my daughter until she was excavated and in an open cot, just purely because, I don't know, I, I didn't have that connection to really... She wasn't my daughter. She was numbers in a project that I was trying to get to a certain point, even though obviously it was through the doctors and nurses um yeah which yeah i guess that's just how i dealt with it so how long a phase was that from that point you've just described from her birth was are we talking a couple of weeks was it um you know three or four weeks was it 20 30 days what was the what was that duration for you and how did did it take a toll Mm. on you uh yeah my daughter wasn't um excavated till the 34th day of her life um and the 31st day of her life was the first time we actually got to hold her they actually got to get her out of the um out of the crib she was heavily sedated she had to get a long line and wasn't handling it so okay the numbers were okay never really thinking about if i was okay but i think that's probably i don't know i think a lot of dads do that it's always a uh, an afterthought scotty was there ever a time where you were able to ignore the numbers and just enjoy the moment, enjoy going in to see your daughter, enjoy the atmosphere and just really try and focus on her and how she was going. Besides the time that she got sedated and we got her out and my wife was amazingly happy, the numbers were amazing because obviously the chemicals were doing the numbers for her. When she had her steroids to get her off, um, to, to get her excavated, that was the time when I actually enjoyed it because the numbers just kept getting better and better. We obviously had some ups and downs after that, but it wasn't until probably maybe 50 to 60 days of life where numbers the numbers weren't an issue anymore. She wasn't destatting. She might have had one or two here and there. So, yeah, she would have been at least 60 to 70 days of life before I could just sit there, read my book, play on my phone, enjoy her. Scotty, along the way you saw sometimes that, your daughter's numbers weren't quite where you and your wife wanted them to be. And there could have been countless babies around you that just had data that was perfect, always at a hundred percent oxygen for so long. Did you ever worry about how your daughter's data was compared to other babies? Yeah, I think um, uh, a wise man, uh, a wise man that I'm talking to right now, uh, told me when I first uh, entered the NICU that you cannot compare your baby to anyone else because absolutely every situation is different um, and their issues may be different to your issues and the next issues and there is just no comparison. 
Um, so although it's very easy to get straight across and look at someone else's numbers and, and, and wonder why your heart rate's not that low or that high or, or wherever it is, um, you've just got to centre yourself and be in the moment with your, with your own reality. Now, considering everything that we've spoken about today and how fixated we could say you were on the numbers, what advice would you have for dads that are just starting out in their NICU journey or listening to this and thinking, man, this guy's saying exactly what I've been going through. What would your advice be about potentially stepping away from the numbers or not letting the numbers dominate you too much? I think everyone is is different. Um, I mean, obviously, if you are an information person and that's how you get through life in general, then you're going to want to know what's happening, what's next and what's going through. But um, my regrets are not getting on a more personal level with my daughter earlier, um, not spending more time with her rather than her numbers. Um, I think a lot of that comes down to fear, fear the fact that I thought for so long we weren't going to get out of this experience in a positive way. Um, so numbers is what helped me get through that. If I can systematically work out that she's going to be okay, um, then my own personal feelings will be able to get through this. Um, yeah. So make sure you, and definitely take time for yourself as well. Um, as I'm sure you've said, obviously in multiple podcasts, um, it, it takes a massive toll on you when you're looking after everyone else. Now, how are you going to go in, hopefully the next week or two, you actually get to take your beautiful daughter home. She won't have monitors on. She won't have any numbers. She won't have any data. How do you think you'll be affected by this, if at all? Um, Do you think it would change your connection with her? And do you think you'd be worried about what's going on if you can't see data and you can't see numbers to relate to? No, I think think, um, in in some weird way, I've had the benefit of her being amazing for the last month or so. Um, And I know just purely by getting to the stage of analysing the numbers and and seeing her reaction, seeing how she reacts to those numbers, that she's in a perfect position to be able to come home and me not to worry. Um, it was definitely a, a worrying thought um, in the weeks probably leading up to the last month. Um, but now that she's been so consistent and just getting better and better and better, um, I'm just, just excited and cannot wait to get her home. It sounds good, mate. Mate, I'm really looking forward to seeing the photos come in of you having kangaroo cuddles at home on the front porch and just chilling out at home with your beautiful little daughter, mate. Thank you so much for joining us today and hopefully we can give some dads some great insights out there about data analysis. Thank you very much for having me. Well, that's it for today, guys, and I hope you got something out of that episode. As always, please seek professional advice and help if you feel that you need it. I'm certainly not the answer. I'm just a means of helping out a little bit on your journey. If you like these episodes, please subscribe to Dads of the NICU to get all of the new episodes as soon as they're launched. And if you're keen for more content or looking for more resources, please follow our Instagram and Facebook accounts, both called Dads of the NICU. And if you have any questions or you'd like to share your insights or stories, please feel free to contact us by email on dadsofthenicu at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and don't forget to wash your hands.